Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson, brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you think about, help you reflect on your remodeling business. What I try to do is to take different topics, topics that I'm hearing out in the marketplace, topics that I think will help you think about your business and improve. This particular segment I want to talk about today, I think, is one that I'm hearing more and more of as I travel around the country doing different talks and interacting with some of the best of the best. And the topic is remodeling business misconceptions. If you really think about that, if you have misconceptions about something, it's very hard to be successful at it. If you have misconceptions when it comes to profitability or what is the best way to do something, chances are you're not going to be very successful. So what I put together is 10 misconceptions that I see of very different elements within the remodeling business that might help you at least ask yourself the question of, am I thinking this way and should I adjust? Now, the reason I think there are so many misconceptions that I see out there is very few, if any, have gone to business school to become a better business person or have a remodeling business. There's not remodeling university like there is with accounting or law or medicine. And as a result of that, most remodeling businesses are a product of evolution. They started in a very small way because of an owner having an interest in usually remodeling and helping people and had a little sawdust in their blood. And then as a result of that, they started to grow the business. And as they got more business, they started to add processes and systems and bring on additional team members. But for the most part, it wasn't necessarily by design. They came from conception to where they are right now. However, as a business gets in that three to five year period, you need to start to think about, you know, the planning of the business and how you go about thinking about the business moving forward. So the best thing to do is first and foremost is wipe away some of the misconceptions that are out there. Now you may not agree with me on these top 10 misconceptions. However, I'm encouraging you to really think about it in a pretty meaningful way. Because for the most part, they are mistakes that some of the best of the best remodelers out there either have or certainly continue to make. The first one is bigger is better. Bigger is not better. Better is better. If you really think about, I think, why you're doing what you're doing and how you're feeling about what you're feeling, a lot of it has to do with growth. And while I am a huge proponent of growth, growth is not necessarily about getting the bigger business or increasing the top line of the business. You want to be better. You've got to understand what your motivations are both today, three years and five years from now, to really define how you want to see the business grow. As I said, I'm a big believer in 
growth. However, growth is not necessarily just becoming bigger than you were the day before. There are many businesses out there that are $2 million businesses that are actually more profitable than even $10 million business. Is that an indicator that the $10 million business is better than the $2 million business? Not necessarily. So you need to determine and have more as your mantra, better is better, not bigger is better. Number two is having an abundance of leads and calls is a very positive thing. Now, on the surface, you're, you need a certain amount of opportunity leads inquiries into your work to be able to generate sales and generate produce work. However, today more than ever, in the advent of the technologies, you need to drill into what the leads are, not just the volume of what the leads are. I've worked with some different remodelers who are when I ask them about their lead flow and their feeling, it's very good. And then we drill a little bit more deeply. And in fact, there are a lot of sources of leads out there, whether they're through some advertising or technologies or home shows or different kinds of things they're doing, that the actual quality of the lead is not necessarily as good as it was in the past. And therefore, close rates and everything else is slipping. So I think it's more important again than ever that you really question the quality of the leads, the intent of the leads, not necessarily just the quantity of the leads. And I think when you do that, you're going to see, I think, much, much better returns. Number three is 25% or more growth is really quite exciting. While with, there are a few businesses that can handle more aggressive growth like that, that's actually growth that gets into sort of the scary zone. I've seen many businesses that were growing at about 30 or 40% growth that went out of business because the growth wasn't in sync with building the infrastructure, maintaining the processes and the quality of work in the way it needed to be. So as you think about growth of the business, you also have to think about the cadence and pace of the growth as well. So more growth, high growth, substantial growth is not necessarily better. So you have to find that right level of growth for your business. For example, many years ago in my book, Fit to Grow, I focused on this and studied businesses. And I found that businesses that were growing in normalized times at zero to 5% were actually probably slipping backwards a little bit. Businesses growing from 5 to 10% was reasonable growth, but it wasn't really aggressive enough, I think, oftentimes for the team to get inspired and want to re be retained or stay with that company. But those businesses that were the healthiest, I find to be in that 10 to 20% growth kind of mode. Once you move into the 25, 30, 40% growth, while there are a few individual businesses that can do that, most move into the scary zone. Number four misconception, and I know this is really going to sting for some of those sales folks out there, that most of the lower GP on projects is a product of how the product production is done or how the pro project is produced. Again, misconception. In my opinion, oftentimes, or 80% of the time, 
the lower GP that comes in on a project is a product, product of how the project is sold and set up to be produced, not how it's actually been produced. So I would encourage companies, if they're seeing some slippage in GP, don't necessarily put your spotlight just on the production end of the process. Look more on the sales end of the process and make sure that the, the sales end and the handoff and all the things on the front end of the process are really buttoned up more tightly. And I think you're going to see the tide rise and that gross profit be more predictable. Number five misconception is that your real competition out there is other remodelers. Really not true. If you really look at the uh, market share dynamic in your business and you realize the percentage of market share that you have in the business, it's really, for any remodeler, even the biggest of the big ones out there, it's a very, very small percentage. If you look at the total remodeling spend and then you drill down into the total spend within your specialty, almost all companies at the most would have maybe 1% or 2% of the market share within that activity. My argument would be if you only have 1% to 2% of the market share, then your other competition out there is not necessarily uh, ABC remodelers out there. And once you, I think, realize that, you're going to start to look at the other remodelers, especially the best of the best, that also maybe have a quarter of 1% or half a percent market share. You can look at them as really allies because if you can just gain the other 95% or target the other 95% of the remodeling activity, not only you can win, but certainly you can do that with your other peers in the market. Your associations, for example, are a wonderful way to create that networking opportunity. The national magazines and connecting the dots in terms of some of the media, creating that right opportunity. But the question is, who is the real competition? In my opinion, and what I oftentimes will train and speak about, your real competitor out there today is not other remodelers, architects, or builders. It's actually the consumer themselves. It's the consumer stress. It's the consumer ignorance. It's the consumer fears. I'm actually on the board of the Better Business Bureau, and more than 50% of our complaints come from home improvement kind of activities that are out there. And that generates a tremendous amount of fear as well as what the media is talking about. So as you think about this question, how proficient at you are being a master of the client? master of controlling the client, a master of being a therapist and a marriage counselor with the client to take them through the process more effectively. If you can sharpen those skills to be more focused on that competitor being the client, you're going to see a dramatic amount of success. Number six in my misconceptions is profit is really one of the most important indicators of health. Not necessarily true. I work with and I see many, many different companies, some very profitable and some less so. And profit really is just one of the 10 criteria in terms of a healthy business. 
When I wrote the book, How Fit Is Your Business, my focus on that book was to try to drill into what are the 10 criteria of a healthy business. And just like when it comes to your personal health, you have to have your weight, you have to have your cholesterol, you have to have your blood pressure, you have to have all these elements sort of in sync to be healthy. Profit is just one of those. There are many businesses that see a tremendous amount of profit one year, where the next year they crash and burn and see a lot less. That's generally not an indication of a really healthy business. So as you're thinking about health in a business, you should in fact make sure that you have the right degree of profitability, but that should be only one of the criteria that you should be focusing on to make sure that you're healthy. Number seven is today's homeowners, today's clients, want to see all the options that are available to them. I would argue, both as a consumer but also as a trainer and a sage in this subject, that's not necessarily the, the case. You know, they're hiring you to be the expert, the tour guide. They don't necessarily want to see every option. They want to know that they have access to as many different options, but they don't necessarily want to see them. Again, going back to the consumer being the competitor here, one of the key things that paralyzes homeowners is overwhelm. That overwhelm creates a degree of stress that paralyzes from them to be able to move forward. That's where a lot of the fear, the fear of making a mistake in the project. So if you overwhelm them with too many options, it's not best. I've always been a believer in sort of the power of three. You need to give a client three options. There's so many different combinations, but what you need to do is if you only give them one option, generally spe speaking, you're taking the risk of them judging you based on that option. If you give them two, that's certainly better than one. However, they're going to always be yearning and wondering what else there is. If you give them seven, they're overwhelmed and they're paralyzed and they can't proceed. So the key is, how can you figure out a way to give and pick the best three options for them? Number eight, and this is something that has been the case, it's not necessarily relevant just today, and that is having a six to 12 month backlog is great. I would argue, and I know that this is going to go against some of the grain of some of you out there, that may help you sleep a little bit better at night, but that's not necessarily great for your business. What you want to do is have the right amount of backlog for your business. Now, if, for example, looking at your sales cycle and your production cycle, the right amount of backlog for your business is a three-month cycle, then that's generally three to four months of a backlog is really a, a fairly decent place to be. It allows you to maintain consistency in your processes, your systems. It allows you to sort of plan properly and make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's on projects before you show up at their home. But having the right amount of backlog, not necessarily more backlog, is what's better. When I've talked about this subject, oftentimes I've had manufacturers in the room. And I've said, for example, to audiences who I happen to know, there's a, there's a manufacturer, let's say Anderson or Pella, sitting in the office, audience, and I asked them, how would it make you feel, John, as an Anderson rep, if in fact it took six months to get an Anderson window? 
And he says it's a disaster. So finding the right backlog and having the right cadence when it comes to backlog is very important. And it's a misconception, I think, to say more is better. Number nine is I can make money as long as I do it right on all the clients that sign with me. Not true. You need to be targeting the right clients. Many, many years ago, a friend of mine who was more of a financial expert did a lot of analysis, and he was presenting this to a group in a seminar. And what he said was 18% of the homeowners out there will not allow you to make a profit. 18%. Well, needless to say, I was a little skeptical of that, and I went back and actually ran some numbers and looked at that, and sure enough, about 20% of our projects, we did not hit the profit margins that we were talking about. Matter of fact, the gross profit was low enough, arguably, that we actually lost a little bit of money on them. What that told me and certainly told our team, is we needed to focus on the right clients, not necessarily more clients. Just because a client could afford you did not mean that you could be profitable. So we developed a checklist of the right clients. In an earlier podcast, I talk about the 10 questions, the 10 criteria of the right client. But it is a misconception that your salesperson sells something or you as an owner sell something that they're necessarily the right client. So it's important, especially now, that you discriminate and focus on the right clients sort of in your funnel, the right clients moving into production, not just clients that can afford you. And when you do look at that, I think you're going to see not only your profitability go up, but you're also going to see your stress go down, and you're going to see your team really enjoying the process. The last misconception, which is a little bit more of a theme as much as it is a, a specific misconception, I think, and it relates certainly to any business out there today, and that is I really don't need to change. You know, a friend of mine who won an award years ago in his acceptance speech, he said if the business or an individual is not changing, they'll become irrelevant. As you really think about that, becoming irrelevant is like the ultimate insult. It's an insult certainly to the business, to your clients, but it's also an insult to your family and to yourself to become ir irrelevant. So you need to change. You need to question what you're doing. It's not you're doing something well, therefore let's keep doing it. You need to change. Technology has certainly changed this industry tremendously at the Extreme Sales Summit coming up in September in Philadelphia, in the middle part of September. We're going to be talking about how the whole sales focus has changed so dramatically. What is different today is the speed at which you need to change. You need to change much more quickly today than you did 10, 15 years ago. 10, 15 years ago, you could do what you needed to do in the business. However, the level of change and the rate of change is happening so fast today that change needs to be something that's really top of mind. And it's a real misconception that you just because you're doing something well today that you don't need to change for the future. 
So I want to thank everybody for listening to me today. And I hope at least that you really extend this podcast out to some of your team member. Discuss some of these misconceptions. Are you really aligned with your different folks in your organization? And even with yourself when it comes to what it is you want to look like in the future and feel like in the future and be successful. So take care, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.